This is the Missing Pieces Podcast. My name is Jamie Richards. I wrote the book Missing Pieces, 52 Vital Lessons Our Kids Should Be Learning at School But Aren't. And the title of that book also describes what we do on this podcast. Try to fill in some of those missing pieces. So recently I was out walking my French bulldog Kihei and I came up with an idea as I often do when I'm walking with her. And the idea is this, why am I not interviewing former students more often? It should be a regular part of this show. I've had so many students over the years that are out there in the world doing exceptionally well and some that are struggling. And what could they share with us about the things that they learned in high school that are helping them or the things that they wish they had learned in high school but had not learned in high school. So now they're out there trying to figure it out for themselves. What should we have taught them? So this was my plan, and the first person that came to mind was J.D. Whitfield. J.D. Whitfield, I taught when he was in high school in a psychology class 12 years ago at Irvington High School in Fremont, California. I knew he was gonna be successful. I wasn't sure exactly what he was gonna do, but uh, it turned out that he went to Arizona State. He was gonna become a teacher, eventually changed his mind, and became a radio disc jockey, a very successful one. He started out in Arizona, worked his way up, eventually got a big gig in Boston, where he's just killing it. He's one of the top rated DJs in the Boston area, and the future is extremely bright. He also has incredible ideas about what it takes to be successful in pretty much any area, and how to live life well. So I want you to meet JD, hear his story. I think some of the things we talk about are valuable for students and adults as well. Hope you enjoy it. I didn't realize how big you were in Boston. I was searching you up and, and saw that you had made the winning shot at the celebrity basketball game. So therefore, you are a celebrity because you were playing in the celebrity <laughs> basketball game. Oh, so, the, the Celtics media game? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call it, a celebrity game. So you, therefore, you're a celebrity. But I got to know about this shot. What happened? Well, first of all, let me tell you, the uh, it went into overtime because the the girl who took the shot to before um, when we were tied – you know, in regulation, she didn't give the ball up and I was right next to her and she <laughs> should have taken the last shot, but she was double teamed and I was right next to her. So when we went into overtime, I knew within five seconds, you know, when, when there was the clock, I'm taking it. So <laughs> I kind of, that ball was going up in my hands and I wasn't going to have anything else about it. So nice. I was taking that, but yeah, so, but, uh, that was, um, that was just clutch buck what we do out here charles should know this by now yeah and you did it so how to feel did it, how yeah, to it feel when fun. the ball went through the hoop was it I as big like as getting it. a job like getting a job with 1033 was it on that level it was like graduating college knowing i didn't have to go into teaching and i could just start <laughs> radio the next day <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that so your uh intent when you went to college was to become a a teacher like me, uh, a social studies teacher? 
right? A government. Govern- yeah, government. Even, even more specific, because that's what I'm teaching right now, government econ. So you're going to be a government teacher. You're definitely not doing that. Definitely not doing that. So, so how did that happen? You're at Arizona <clears throat> State, and yeah. you're going to be a government teacher, and then what happens? Well, I got into government and wanted to get into teaching, so I didn't have to take any math classes. <laughs> so what route was going to lead me to make sure that I didn't have to, t- I could take the least amount of math classes and that was it. No, but, um, I immediately kind of knew I, I wanted to, to dive into radio to see kind of keeping an eye out. But at the same time, this was my first time being away from home and I'm, you know, getting all these new experiences and, um, learning things about myself, blah, blah, blah. And, I had seen a, a picture of the morning show for the station I ended up working for on a bus. I was like, oh, okay, that must be the station out here. So I just reached out and um, got into a meeting about their possible spring internship, which I didn't know it was for the spring at the time. I just thought it was for an internship. So when I went in for the interview, uh, they were like, hey, you guys start next week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a car this place is like a half hour away. How am I going to get here? And so I, I didn't really know at that point, you know, what, what I was going to do um, because I thought it was like for the next semester. I didn't think it was for that semester. So I ended up just taking the bus and doing what, what I felt like I needed to do um, to continue to pursue this possible dream of being on the air. At the same time, I was going to school, obviously, but uh, that's how it kind of started out where I I didn't even know that I was going to be starting so quick. It just kind of worked out like that. And so I was just like, all right, well, here we go. And this that's kind of how it started here. And this is the campus radio station? Or was it? No. A, it I, wasn't even that. It was that actual radio station. No, it was station. the actual, yeah. It was the so you didn't start because, yeah. Oh, nice. You didn't start at the, the campus with a, you know. The, no. <laughs> It's funny because I tried. It was called The Blaze. ASU's radio station is called The Blaze. And I went into there. (laughs) And you have to pass a boards test on paper. And I'm not a good test taker. So unless you could point out all the areas on the board, then they wouldn't let you, like, get your own show. And I failed it, like, three times. And they were like, you're probably not kind of fit for this. I was like, you know what? Well, then screw it and i and i just kind of was like all right well that didn't work out <laughs> so i I'm making it to my college radio station because they didn't want me yeah in a, in a nutshell <laughs> so instead of the doing the college radio station you're doing a real radio station now i'm doing the real radio station that's how that worked out so shout out to the blaze <laughs> it was just ridiculous because you know you don't need to to do those kind of tests to um, to know what you're doing on the air because it has nothing. What you have to do on paper has nothing to do with your personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stupid to begin with. That's why I was kind of like okay with leaving it. It's one of those things that's so indicative of school. I think where you have to master things that have no bearing to reality. And the things that are most important, they don't test you on. Like they should have tested you on. How will you be as a 
personality on the air, not like, oh, can right. I identify the things on the board and we'll figure that part out. But uh, Well, why can't you just do it in person and why can't I touch the board and why can't I do that? Like, why do I have to know it on paper? And it's not even a class. If it was a class, that would have made sense, but it wasn't. So it's like, all right, well, this is stupid. And so I just kind of brushed it off after failing it the test three times. <laughs> <laughs> Again, here it is, this test that you failed to get into the campus radio station, and now you're a big shot radio person. So I guess the test wasn't very well. It didn't make any sense, yeah. dude. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. This was freshman year this was happening? Yeah, this was freshman year. I was living in a dorm, and um, like I said, I literally looked out the window and saw the, the morning show of the station that I ended up working for through my window, like just by chance. And then I immediately went on my computer and was looking it up and saw that, you know, they were, they were needing interns. And that was just how I figured I needed to step in. That was where I felt like I needed to start. So you started as an intern there. Yeah. So I started as an intern there. Yeah. And the rest is history. And the rest is history doing miserable shifts and, uh, working my way up through, they weren't miserable. They were only miserable because of the time that they were at, you know, I was doing overnights and then having to go to school the next morning. But to be honest, that's what I thought it took. You know what I mean? Like I was told, you know, based off of the people that were working at the radio station, that that's just kind of the unwritten rule. That's just what you needed to do. And so I didn't question it just because I didn't really know. And I, and I, and they weren't, telling me anything wrong like it was the truth that's kind of what you needed to do to show that you know you you're in it for the long haul so um that's just what i what i did i didn't think twice about it it's that's interesting though because i think a lot of people start something thinking oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna really be a big shot right away or they're not willing to maybe i'll just be an intern and start and then i'm gonna have these shifts that are not going to be the best did you ever feel like when you're doing a midnight shift is there anybody out there listening uh no <laughs> you but, knew that there were but, at least were a few people <laughs> well to be honest it's a it's an interesting part of the day i've always told people it's a different scene at that time because you have people that are truck drivers you have i had a lot of nurses that listen to the show um People that were, you know, in convenience stores, jails. <laughs> but, you know, there, there, there are people that are up during that time. So I knew I was talking to somebody. Okay. But I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't forming a show. Like, they just put you on these these shifts so you can mess up. Like, that's the entire point of it. Yeah. It's kind of like doing a podcast, you know. It's kind of like doing a podcast. <laughs> you, you, you just do it for a while. You mess up. You get phone calls in the middle of it. You say, you know what? I should make sure that people don't call me during a podcast and yeah, uh, you know, that the sound's right. And you know, all these little things that you have to kind of work your way through. So I guess my podcasting career is equivalent to your like second night on the air in Phoenix. No, you're, you're, you're a natural, but it's, <laughs> it's with, um, it's with any job. Like I don't under, there's no, there's no shortcut. You know what I mean? What, what I was prepping for was, you know, the minor leagues of what I'm, you know, doing now on, on the level that I'm at now, you know, it's all that, all of that prep work was so crucial and knowing 
where things were were at on the boards and and know and and messing up knowing what kind of personality I wanted to be you know you're like learning how you sound you know what i mean there those, those are so such crucial moments of knowing who you want to be on the air like do you want to be the sarcastic person how do you convey who you are in real life on the air it's like it's just a the the struggle every radio person I feel like starts out with in my opinion yeah yeah I love that term getting reps you know whatever it is I guess right. it, it probably comes from football that uh, I hear it all the time that the, the the backup quarterback doesn't get reps during practice so then when the game comes on if they get thrown in there they haven't had the reps so they're not going to play well who's the Eagles quarterback that won the Super Bowl how quickly I forget Nick Foles Nick Foles you know they said that's why when he started uh, the first couple of games after Carson Wentz got injured in the regular season, he didn't play that well, and then he would, went crazy in the playoffs. What happened? And it was he got the reps. You know, he wasn't getting the reps before, and so when they put him in the games, he wasn't just didn't have it behind him. But then after getting the reps in practice, he was just better. It seems like such an obvious thing that you have to go through it a hundred times, a thousand times, over and over until you get it. So you were getting your reps back then. 100%. I was just prepping to get ready. And the other thing that I'm thinking about while you're talking is whatever it is, like you're talking about being a, a DJ personality on the radio, but whatever your thing is, it's probably the same thing. You have to kind of go through that being bad before you good stage, which it sucks because we want to be good right away. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think what, um, what gets overlooked sometimes too is I wasn't making, and when I was an intern, I wasn't making any money, you know, like that was all for college credit and the college credit that I was getting, it was one credit from this lousy community college that, you know, you had to like write a paper for. And I was like, I'm not even going to write the paper because who, ca- who cares if I fail this class? not what I'm in it for. And and I found out that the the credit didn't even go back to ASU. Wow. So like so I'm literally just doing this for whatever just to satisfy the rules of of the radio station. But um I you know you're not making money during these time periods. And I don't know it I don't know if it was just the way I was built or kind of the way uh they groomed me, but I just never thought about money. It, it just, it never crossed my, I, of course I was worried about what I was eating and, you know, when I was going to eat and X, Y, Z, but I had prepped really hard before I left for college to have some kind of money in my account where I was able to live a little bit. But, um, those were struggling times, you know, and I didn't, you're filling in for these shifts and you're not getting paid a crazy amount. But I always just understood the bigger picture, and I just had to harp on that and trust my instincts and just believe that it was going to happen. Yeah, it keeps coming up over and over recently with people I've talked to about just kind of trusting your instincts that there's not always, when do you do this? And people want kind of want to know, when do I make this decision and how do I go about this? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you just kind of have to trust it. Trust your intuition, your heart. And for whatever reason, you're able to do that. But I, I have to ask you about something we talked about many years ago. We went out to dinner, I think it was after your freshman year, when you were trying to make the decision about radio versus golf. Yeah. JD, JD was an 
excellent golfer in high school. In fact, the, the only golf match I think I've ever actually watched for high school students was yours. I, do, you, do you remember that at all? We came to watch you and a couple yes. of your, your students. Yeah, I don't remember how I played. I'm, now I remember that you did come to a golf <laughs> It was so funny because it was like me and two, two other students, we wanted to see you play golf. So we came thinking like it was any other sporting event and you just go watch them play golf. But it was like we were criminals out there. The, the golf people that were like in charge of the match or something, they kept like telling us we couldn't get too close and – we couldn't talk to you, and it was like crazy because you know I've been to actual professional uh, golf matches where the whole thing's the crowd is right there, right? So they kept us away. But my one memory of that was you made a birdie and you did a forward roll across the green. It was like that's JD, that's that's who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen like any golf. Salt? Yeah, yeah, and it was a really good one with your putter. So. <laughs> The memories I have, and a sad thing, you probably know that that golf course is now no more and they're going to build houses and townhomes or something on it. It's uh, kind of sad as oh I drive by gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it doesn't exist <laughs> anymore. It'll, it'll bring more traffic into the Bay Area, but the, that's a whole other thing. But the story is we were having dinner and you were trying to make this decision. Should I continue to pursue golf? Yeah in college or should I become a DJ and of course me being the teacher you know and the father and all that sort of stuff oh you need to experience both in college but you were adamant and, and I've never forgotten this you would say no I have to decide I because if I'm going to do one I'm going to you know put everything into it I'm going to go for it and I'm going to either be a golfer yeah. or I'm going to be a DJ but I can't like half-ass each and gosh I was just so mature. You were way more mature than me at the time because I was thinking there's got to be a way you can not have to give one up, you know, because we don't want to give stuff up. We like to do everything. And, and you knew yeah. that you had to make that choice. And so that I was just sitting there thinking, well, your initials are JD. If you turn them around, that's DJ. Oh, so, so there you go. There's your sign. Oh, my gosh. And, and so I'm going to uh, take all the credit because if your initials had come out to be golf or something, it might have been a whole different life. But uh, – but you ended up dropping golf. I mean, you still play once in a while, but it's a serious pursuit and throwing everything into to being a, a DJ. And obviously, that was the right choice. But do you ever wake up in the night and go, gosh, I could be Tiger Woods? Uh, <laughs> well, you know what I compare it to? Like my, my neighbor when I was growing up, her name Janice, right? Janice the Millionaire. Oh, yeah. The swimmer. <laughs> Janice, Janice was, uh, she had a scholarship to U, uh, UCSB. Um, she ended up going there for swimming. I believe she went to Santa Barbara. Yeah. I just remember it was swimming was a religion to her, you know, and she was up, you know, going to Ohlone before school, after school to get in to, to swim. And was, it was a level of commitment I had never seen before in my life. Wait, I got to interrupt you. Just, yeah. I got to interrupt you just for one quick story because, yeah, I think she was in my class the same year you you were. And then yeah. I had heard about that, that the near, nearby junior college, Ohlone College, that they would practice there like at 4.35 in the morning. I said, I got to see one of these. So it was like a January morning, like middle of January, and I drove up there. And 
they come running out of the locker room in their bathing suits, a swim team, and dive in to the water immediately because it's like, you know, 35 degrees, and there's just steam pouring off the pool, and they're in there swimming laps at, you know, 5, 5 a.m., and you're right. It was like this incredible focus, dedication, and grit. And like I said, it was a level of commitment I had never seen before, and it was because, you know, I'd asked Janice, you know, like, you're going so hard at this, she was, and she was – she told me, you know, every second you're not in the pool, you know, every day you're not in the pool, you lose a, a half, not a half a second. I'm obviously yeah. over-exaggerating, but you get you get the point. So I view golf the same way. Anyone who's played golf, if you, if you take a day off in golf, that is a significant stoppage in your pursuit to greatness because it's, it's, you have to be so determined because there's, it's such a demanding sport. And so I just knew I, I'm either going to pursue this whole thing and go a hundred percent. Cause as, as if you're, if you play any sport, that's just how you, how you have to view it. If you're going to make it, it has to be everything. And so I was just like, Hey, am I going for this? Or am I going to, am I going to do DJing, which I viewed in the exact, pretty close to the exact same level and passion, but it worked out for me, you know, and I'm going to be able to walk when I'm 40. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You'll have all those back issues. Yeah. So no regrets. Yeah. That, that just ended up working out because the level of commitment you needed to have was just, it had to be a religion to you. You know, it just had to be such an intense drive. And I just, I, I knew I couldn't do both. Yeah. Like I just knew I couldn't pursue both. So it was what it was. And that's what I try to teach now, that you're going to have to make a choice. It's that opportunity cost in economics, that if you choose one, you're saying no to everything else. And it's really hard to say no to everything else in so many different things. Like when I go to a restaurant, right? It's like, I want this, but... I just want to be able to beat my friends. That's what, <laughs> As long as I knew I could play golf and beat all of my friends and father, like fathers-in-law, then I was hella good. Like, I'm good to go. And you can still do that. It. And I can still do that. I'll smoke anyone who wants it. Okay. So, it's, <laughs> so I, I, it was a win-win. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is I try to tell students that they need to start making choices, especially when they get to – I teach seniors and when they're starting to go to college and make a choice on something and just go for it versus this – sort of attitude that a lot of people have, and I know adults say this all the time to kids, oh, you'll figure it out. It's just a matter of time. It'll come to you and just explore and all this kind of stuff and, and not go for something. Whereas you kind of didn't do that. You weren't like, oh, yeah. I mean, you went in with an actual specific thing, going to be a teacher, and then that changed to whether it was going to be golf or being a DJ, and you ended up doing mm -hmm. the DJ thing. But there was never this like, oh, you know, just kind of float around. Because I see that a lot with kids that start college and, you know, I'll explore and change their majors. And they don't really ever choose anything. And they're, they're 30 years old and they still haven't figured anything out, which I guess is okay. I think that's part of life. But don't you think that it's important to just find something and go for it? You can change your mind, but at least go for it at the time versus just this well, someday it'll come to me magically what I'm supposed to do with my life. A hundred percent. I think um, 
it'll sound cliche, but I think social media plays a huge influence because you're following people who are successful. You're following your friends who are pretty successful at what they're doing. That can really, um, that can really, what's the word I'm looking for? It could not demoralize you, but it could just make you start thinking that you're either not good enough or you're not where you're supposed to be. Uh, you start looking at these things where it's like, you have to be successful now because, you know, if so-and-so doesn't think that you're doing something, then, then you're failing, which is just not the case. You know, there's just, I'm still learning. There's so much still for me to learn that if I, if, if I, uh, if I had social media back then, it would just, I think it would be different. You know, I think it just plays a huge role. Uh, where was I trying to go with this? Basically what I was saying is, I think people have to be okay with taking L's, I mean losses, yeah. you know, and understanding that that's a part of the process and, and to enjoy that process, you know, that there are places that I'm going right now, like I want to eventually do late night TV. And I know for a fact that I'm in the stages right now of like, when I'm doing an interview on my late night TV show, they're going to look back and pull up some really crappy radio interview that I did, like that I'm going to be doing tomorrow <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know, and then they're going to use it against me. So I figure I'm in my, you remember when you did radio in 2018 days, you know, like I know where I'm going. This is a, a laughable part of my process and I'm okay with that. Uh, and I think some, it, it could be what the word I was looking for is discouraging. You know, it can be discouraging when you're seeing, you know, all these successful people and people putting up successful things, but there's not, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of evidence of showing the hard work and dedication that, that goes into building your craft, whatever it is. Yeah. And I so see that kids, even, like, yeah. even at my age, but, I see that, you know, as I'm starting new things I'm writing books and doing podcasts and, you know, I look at the people who are super successful and it's like, oh, you know, how am I ever going to get to that point? You know, how am I going to be Tim Ferriss or Bill Simmons? These people that have these credible podcasts are out there, are great authors, and they're selling a million books. And it's like, but I guess you just got to plow through, like you say, and, and not give up. It does sound exactly. cliche. You know, I just said, yeah, don't Fallon, give up. <laughs> no, because, you know, like Jimmy Fallon is a perfect example because there a couple things with Fallon. He ha he didn't just get to where he was at. Like these guys that are doing late night for specifically what I'm going to do, these guys are vets. Like these guys have been in show business for 20, 30, 40 years. Fallon was doing SNL. He was a first of all, he was a writer. Then he actually got to be a cast member. And then yeah, and you remember that story about Nicole Kidman? No. About how she so Nicole Kidman way back in the day had a crush on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon like was just thought she was coming over for like a movie role. You have to watch the interview. Long story short, Nicole Kidman, like a year or two ago came on Fallon's show. And Jimmy Fallon had no idea that she was like interested in him. <laughs> like she had a crush on him and Nicole Kidman was the most smoking hot actress of all time. Wow. You know, but, and Jimmy Fallon is just like this dude with playing video games in front of her in front of, in his apartment. But yeah, these guys have been doing it for years, for years. And they're just, Stephen Colbert was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? You know, uh, Conan was doing his show and 
he wasn't even good at it. And even when he had the show, like, and then he, I don't know. It was just, it's such a, a process. I think kids are, these days are scared of the process because they want that instant gratification. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear what you're saying because they need to hear it over and over. And if it's a teacher telling them all the time, it's not the same as people in other areas. They just need to know that. Because school itself is doesn't lend itself to that because if you take an F, you are it's like, jeez, you know, it's, yeah, they, yeah. they f- think it screws them up for life. And so they'll try to take things and you have to be super successful all the time to move on or get into the good college and all that stuff. I said take an F. I'm thinking failure, but it's take an L, right? right? right. That's what you guys say. Take, take an L. Yeah, take yeah. an L. You're, 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 <laughs> you're going to grade, get the grade you deserve. And I think that that's either in school or with whatever you're trying to pursue because the amount of effort and people don't see the studying that you put in to get that A or that B on that test. And uh, they don't understand the circumstances that, you know, the life things that are around it. So it's just, I was just always trying to give my, my best effort and hoping that my hard work would take me to where I needed, where I'm trying to go. And it's done that a lot so far. I think you're on your way. Gracias. You're going to do it. Hope so. Well, I know so. <laughs> That's it. And if you're looking into the future, the thing I have always noticed about you that you're you're kind of doing that thinking there's more. It's not like this is where I am. I'm I'm good. And mm-hmm. is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because when you're looking like I'm not satisfied where I am, I want more. Do you ever feel you're able to step yeah. back and go, wow, I'm look where I am. I'm amazing right now. Uh, I'm hosting this top rated radio show in a major market. And this is my dream came true in many ways, but there's more, you feel like I can't really have the, the moments I need of enjoyment or is it like, I, can you do both? Can you enjoy the moment and still be driven for more in the future? Yeah, a hundred percent because you know what I'm, a lot of the work I put in my earlier 20s into what I'm doing now is kind of paying off. Uh, I'm enjoying a little bit more of the fruits of my labor. As far as being comfortable with my craft, who I am on the air, you know, I'm I'm the same person on the air that I am in real life. And that took me a long time to figure out. And plus, the, the people that I look up to, you know, the, the lesson that you had about having, you know, your, your inspirational list, when yeah. I look at the guy's and the, and the, and the ladies that are on my list, I don't even like touch them. And I'm not even saying that on a, like, I'm not confident in myself. I'm just like, these people have, they're so far ahead of me that I, if I'm really going to be about this, I have to understand that it's, like I said, it's a, it's a process. Cause these people are there. They just do things that, a normal person doesn't understand that are so mind boggling to me that it's like, it, it inspires me. I'm just like, wow, nobody has no idea how difficult this is. And I remember you and me were talking about Seinfeld and why he's been able to keep his longevity. Like he found the work challenging, but he also found it rewarding. So I, of course I'm able to enjoy a little bit more of what I'm, what I'm doing in the position where I'm at, but you know, there's, there's bigger leagues for me to get up to. And I just have to, 
I just have to trust that process and hope that I get the good guidance along the way. Who are some of those people on your list now? Sway Calloway. Sway is actually from Oakland. So that that was kind of inspiring in itself. But uh, So Sway has this huge show on Sirius. He gives these amazing interviews where it's just, he can have a rapper on, but then he can have Charlie's Theron on. You know what I mean? Like he yeah, just, yeah. As his, a range. his range is is something that I just am so inspired by that whether you're an activist, whether you're a movie star, whether you're a whatever your profession is like this dude, he just needs to do his research and do his job. But his range is so inspiring to me. And I think uh, Colin Cowherd is another one of my inspirations because he's able to analyze things that are going on in the sports world to real life. And I think people sometimes need to understand that sports aren't bigger than, than life, (laughs) even though I live my life by the golden state warriors. It's a problem, (laughs) but yeah, he's on this sway. Colin Calhoun, um, Derek Carr is another one of those people. Derek Carr is one of those dudes that he, that guy, like, you're not going to get in his way. Like, even if he's making mistakes, like, his attitude. The, Ra- the so Raiders quarterback? Yeah, yeah, the Raiders quarterback. Okay, right, gotcha. Okay. And he's just, that guy is driven. I don't know, dude. Like, I get so inspired by people that just love what they do, whether you're a gymnast or whatever. Like, I just love and respect people that are passionate and are like overwhelmed with joy with doing what they do. Like I get gassed on that. Like that's, that fuels me like big time. I do too. I love that. That's one of my favorite things. And it doesn't even, like you say, matter what it is when people just are super excited about what they're doing, it just gets me pumped. And I may not be doing what they're doing, but it's like, man, I want that for, and the things that I am doing. What's the, what's the, is it geology, the study of rocks? That's geology, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my geology teacher in college was so overwhelmed and had such a uh, ridiculous love of rock. He didn't have that passion. I would have hated my life 10 times. I still hated the class, but it made it easier. The fact that he loved what he was doing. You know, I can always respect that about somebody. I love that too. It's yeah, it just makes me happy when I see people that are totally into to their thing, like their craft, as you called it. Yeah, I got I got one more thing I want to talk to you about because you've given me so much time already. I appreciate it. I know time's super valuable, and this is a Sunday morning that you're doing this. Actually, afternoon. It's a Sunday, Sunday charge. You're only getting in the way of mimosas. It's the only thing you're getting in the way of. Okay. The thing is, I was watching Sports Center today, and they were talking about this thing called Project Forty Four. It's uh, this guy that played for Butler, Andrew Smith, when they went to the national championship two years in a row, and he passed away from cancer just tragically at the age of 24, 25. It was so sad. But they they were talking about his ongoing national bone marrow registry. That's what Project 44 is. It's a a place that encourages people to do uh, bone marrow 
you know, just register with that. And possibly if you're ever a match, you might be able to save a kid's life or someone's life that has cancer. And I was thinking of you because one thing I know that's really important to you is giving back and not just, oh yeah, I'm successful and good for me. You're very much uh, community-minded. Um, you flew out here uh, to DJ, uh, or I guess not DJ is not the right word, but like MC celebrity MC, basketball yeah. game out here and yeah, you flew in on a Saturday back on a Sunday just to do this one event. It's crazy, but you did it. And I know that you, you really believe that. And I was thinking about you in that way. And then the National Bone Marrow Registry just brought back a memory because at the school I teach, they're all seniors that I, that I have. And every year they'll come in and ask kids to do that. There's a, a club that raises money for cancer and so on. It's just part of their activities to ask the seniors to register. Once you turn 18, you can sign a paper and you you get a little test with a cotton swab and they'll find out your DNA or whatever it is. And then maybe mm -hmm. sometime in the future, they'll call you up and say, you're a perfect match. Would you be willing to do a bone marrow? And at that time, you can decide yes or no, but just to get in the registry. So what I'm bringing this all up for is that I get probably a third at most of the seniors will even do that. It's like two thirds of them will just like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, it's just yeah. beyond my comprehension how you could not even consider, you could save someone's life. And they're not even asking you at that moment to go in there and donate bone marrow or something, which I know can be painful and a big deal it's a big deal to donate bone marrow but that's not what they're asking you're saying would you consider it in the future if this is a possibility will you do this and kids no i'm not going to do it it's like how do you teach the what you have you know that ability to <laughs> yeah. to to care and empathize and be a you know for lack of a better term just to be a good person versus yeah someone yeah. who's just no i'm not going to do that it's all about me it uh it doesn't affect them Unless something affects you, it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to dig deep for for something that you don't really know how to feel about, you know. And I think, for me, like my 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 upbringing, you know, I was raised in a, you know, my mom raised me obviously, but my parents are divorced. I had a single mother household. There were things that you know I didn't realize until maybe I was a little bit older, but I definitely recognized at the time that were that were difficult circumstances, whether that was not being able to, you know, to have the back to school clothing, you know, I was doing a lot of hand-me-downs. And so that, that's something that is very important to me as far as giving back. I want to be able to give back to single mothers and, and these, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, even random things, you know, just everyday activities that would take the load off of single mothers is something that is really important. And I, I don't, to be honest, I don't have an answer for why like why kids just don't have that gene. But I think it's purely because it's like, unless something happens, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I don't, yeah. it's hard. It's it, it, it depending on the circumstances. Like I have been fortunate enough to like, no one in my family has had really any crazy health issues. So something as strong as cancer that is just affecting the world everywhere I have a hard time because no, I've had, I had, I recently just had a friend of mine get cancer, but really I haven't, I don't know how to react to that because it hasn't personally affected me. And I think it probably, they probably have to go through something in order to feel that. And I don't know, I don't have the answer for that. It is sad.
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to teach that empathy that obviously it's easier to have empathy when you've had the experience with it. For example, the, the kids in Florida that just went through a shooting, of course, they're super passionate about that when they may not have been, right. um, you know, three months ago, they wouldn't have crossed their minds, but now they're totally into it. I just wonder if there's a way to get people to care about things, even if it hasn't affected them in a way. I mean, even to do the minimum, I'm not saying you're going to go crazy and start a, a whole movement or something but just to, right right just to care just something I've been... well, i mean did you make did you uh have us make a list of like the things that were important to us like i, I don't know if it's i don't know maybe they just draw draw inspiration off of that you know whether it's you know what is it about your family that you care about the most you know what are the things in life that you care about the most oh, um, it's so funny you bring that you up pick... because i just went through that and last friday <laughs> Did you read my mind? Yeah. Because I had to, that's how I started class. I just wrote a sentence on the board. What do you care about? Because sometimes I just wonder, you know, do, do they really have passion? <laughs> do they really care about anything? You know, <laughs> you know, at a hundred percent care level versus, you know, like a 40% care level or 50%. And I was just getting so frustrated throughout the day because so many things that they said were just kind of lame. And it's like, you know, like, you know, like pizza, sleep you know things like that <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> can you be a little deeper it's like you know because i had told you know things that i cared about like education and you know teaching and writing and things that i care about and but you know that's just an old guy you know what what do they care about it's like you know how do you make people care without having them have gone through something really a, a struggle or a, something that affected them because it affected them can you make them care without having gone through the pain that sometimes leads, you know, they say great artists have the great artists because they've gone through pain and that helps them. And, but right. is there a way to not go through the pain and still care? Well, and, you know, uh, I, there was a, there was a lesson that, that I remember, you know, you taught about just being a good listener. I think that can sometimes be overlooked too. You might not be able to understand, but I think I've, I've a strength of mine is I've always been able to empathize, uh, empathize, empathize or at least try to be understanding of and just being a listener and not sometimes not even just talking i don't know and i've i've gained experience through that and i don't there's just we all need help in all specific areas and i just never i just never uh felt like we're we're supposed to be in it alone (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah and so there are things that that mean a lot to me but at the same time, like there are obviously things that I care about because other people around me are affected by them. And so I've just been able to harness that. Well, I love that fact about you that you're not just a, a big success in your profession, but you're kind of using your platform and, and where you are to, to make a difference. And Well, Irvington is where I went to school. So like if, if my, my friend who's in the NFL is giving a platform to give money back to something that's very important to him and it's at my school. Like, how do you not, even if you're a person, if you went to Irvington and didn't go to that event, you have to like, I'm not upset at you, but you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, all that crap you talk about if someone doesn't give back or, you know, the school needs to do X, Y, Z, you can't contribute in that conversation. Like you can't, because you're having someone clear as day who is really putting their footprint on something so positive I'm all in on that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll fly across the country, across the world for that. 
Yeah, and just so people know, Robert Turbin, who went to high school where J.D. went, Irvington High School in Fremont, he does a celebrity basketball game to raise money and comes down every year. And this year he brought Russell Wilson with him. And it's a big deal. And that's where J.D. came from Boston, flew in for the night to, to MC that. So Russell Wilson. Russell was Wilson was there. Yeah. He makes $12 like, million a year. I just happened to see that the other day. But uh, he flew in to, to do this for, for nothing. And, and yeah. And it was and it was purely because of the human being that Rob is, and anybody that knows who Rob is, like you want to surround yourself in life with people like that guy. And he went to our school. Like these are these are connections very few people in the world get to experience. And you have to be out of your mind if you would think that I wouldn't want to be a part of something like that. To to be able to donate, not just like dollar wise but to be able to just don't and it's as simple as people if they wanted to just donate it donate their company to just be like yo we're behind this that and that's a way of giving back is being able to piggyback off of someone who's fortunate enough to put us in a situation like man i went to school at irvington why would i not want to help out unless you know like i had some terrible reason why i hated irvington like i'm all about it yeah. So that those things were no brainers to me. And that's special too that, that you I'll do forever. Which is awesome, but it's it's special too that you care that much about your school and it says something about the school itself that gave that sort of feeling cuz not everybody feels their about their school like that. And also, it makes me a Robert Turbin fan. You know, if I'm going to be a Colt fan, when they're when they're on, I'm going to be cheering for them because of him, because of you know the type of person he is, the human being that he is. And I think I think you, as long as you're grabbing pieces, you know, different pieces from people, he's inspired me to do so much, and and that's my way of giving back to him, and it's my way of giving back to to the school. And plus, I was the rally commissioner there. Like, there are too many tie-ins that in life that if I were to look at that situation. I'd be an idiot. That's like just God telling me. That's God throwing it down the court to giving me a free layup. That's God <laughs> lifting me up to dunk it. Like it's just, it is, it is just. The, it's the easiest thing ever. So yeah, giving back is super important to me and fills that void that um, sometimes is, you know, can be forgotten. Unfortunately. Well, thank you for giving back to me by by doing this. I'll do I'll do fifty podcasts with you if you want. All right, that's you it. Are, the missing you pieces the podcast starting ever. I'll <laughs> give you the best sound you'll ever get for your podcast. Mr. Richards is the most incredible human being on planet Earth. This is the best podcast. If you don't rate it, you're a bad person and you're not gonna get a good parking spot. Uh, wherever you go to, shop next and your fruit is going to get really bad and rotten and bad things are going to happen to you like it's just a given see i knew i called you for this podcast for a reason so there it is (laughs) you're the best jd thank you so much there are so many things to love and admire about jd that i don't even know where to begin well check that actually i do it's his energy The energy he brought to my class, the energy he brings to his work, just the energy he brings to life. Gosh, how do you teach that? I wish I could. I wish I could find a way to infuse that kind of energy into all my students. 
Thank you, JD, for inspiring me. You know that King and I line about your students you'll be taught. In your case, it's from your students you'll be inspired. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Missing Pieces podcast. Thank you for being with us. If you like what we do here, please help us spread the word, let people know. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Listen to what JD said. Not just about supporting the Missing Pieces podcast, but about getting those reps. Whatever it is that you're working on, get those reps. And I'm going to try to do the same. Besides finding the Missing Pieces podcast on iTunes, you can also go to jamierichards.org. That's J-A-I-M-E-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S.org where you can find my latest blog, where you can find old episodes of the Missing Pieces podcast, and you can leave comments and find show notes. Until next time, get out there and work hard at making the world a better place and teach students how to make the world better because it desperately needs them and it desperately needs you.